Hello, and welcome to the Please See Attached podcast, where we delve into everything digital marketing and discuss the strange, wonderful, and sometimes dangerous ways in which the internet has been shaping our lives. I'm Steve Gould, and I host this podcast along with my colleagues Daphna ben Yehoshua, Jensen Lee, and Matt Plouf. In today's episode, we talk about local SEO. If you're not sure what SEO is, go back to episode five of the Please See Attached podcast, where we explain common marketing acronyms. With our growing reliance on mobile phones, more people are performing searches on the go and looking for nearby businesses. And that's where local SEO comes in. Matt, our resident SEO expert, will explain what local SEO is and how your business could benefit from it. So Matt, let's get started with the basics. Give us the lowdown. What is local SEO? So local SEO is basically your Google My Business or Google Maps listing. That's specific to Google. It also relates to different search engines. You know, Bing has their maps location as well, and other search engines will facilitate the same thing. But essentially what it is, is basically your Google My Business listing that can be optimized and better formatted to present the proper information of what your business does. So there's ways to optimize that listing as well to make it more searchable, easier to find and come up with different topics as well. Cool. Now, if I have my business set up with locally at local SEO on Google My Business and somebody searches it is going to come up in a different place is how are we going to see it on the search result? So it's based on services you offer. And if say you are a internet marketing agency and someone typed in internet marketing agencies, Toronto, where we're located, there's going to be three sections that show up on the Google search results. Results. The first section is going to be Google Ads. The second section is going to be the maps locations. And the third section is the organic pieces. So this is all about that second location where that maps listing is. And it's going to show you physical locations of the existence of these places that have those services. Which is great. And, you know, if you're on the go and on your phone and you were looking for something, then boom, the map comes up and it could even show you where you are in relation to it. So I think it's a vital piece, especially these days. But let's say, Matt, that I have a local business. What happens if my website isn't optimized for local SEO? The website and the Google or the My Business location. In this instance, we're going to talk about Google My Business and your Google My Business listing. um, They're somewhat separate entities. Obviously, you need to have a website and you need to have a verified business to have your Google listing. But at the same time, you can optimize your Google local listing without necessarily optimizing the website. You need your website to speak to items that have your uh, information such as your business details, your name and address, and those kinds of things that allow you to have your website recognized for the same things that are mentioned within the Google My Business location. But the business listing can be optimized separately through different tools than uh, the website itself. Interesting. So going to jump around here a little bit just based on your your answer to that one. But it, it sounds like it may not be as simple as just doing it yourself. And uh, the need for a professional to help you might be beneficial based on how big your website is and, and how much is going on. Yeah. And it's as any SEO project is, it's a lot of legwork. It's a lot of manual submissions and entering information around the web to get those backlinks. The only difference with a Google local listing is the back 
backlink is going to be more like a citation on different directories that exist around the web. So your Google location or your Google My Business location is going to get more uh, support or optimization through citations that are built around the web through those listings. So putting it on Apple Maps, putting it on Bing, putting it on Google, MapQuest, Yellow Pages, uh, any of those things is going to be a citation per se that is going to help build the credibility of the organic listing of that map location. Right. Which is, you know, the the ultimate goal of the SEO is to help build that whole overall organic experience for your business and website. So Matt, what types of businesses can benefit from local SEO? Um, the ones that benefit the most are brick and mortar locations where people come to visit your store to purchase things. So restaurants obviously have probably the most important location or maps value, um, making sure that people can know the hours of operation, where you're located, get directions to it so that they can purchase your services uh, is what you want. Now, there's still value in having it for a business such as ours, where we don't necessarily bring clients to our location to have meetings meetings and services, especially these days, but having that Google Maps location still is another form of organic real estate that can be uh, sort of optimized on Google. So brick and mortar locations that sort of sell services, you know, restaurants, retail locations, anything along those lines where you actually want foot traffic is probably where you'd get the most value from a uh, maps listing. But any business that has a physical location is going to benefit from a maps listing just to try and occupy more real estate on that search result. So like if uh, Onboard had an office in Toronto, which we do, but we also had a, an office location in Vancouver, we could do the local SEO on both. And then people searching in and around Vancouver for digital marketing, it would help in all. And in our organic results by by building the local SEO out there as well. Absolutely. Cool. That's good. I mean, I I think especially in in the past year that many businesses have had to amp up their digital presence. I mean, we've seen it every day in what we do. But in order to reach consumers these days, it's become critical to everybody. So does that make local SEO even more important now during the, the COVID pandemic? I think uh, it does for sure. Even though people aren't going places and entering businesses or anything like that, there's also a big focus on buying local. So making sure that you are seen within uh, the area that the searcher wants to be looking is important as well. You can buy shirts and pants from anywhere, but if you can buy it from a local retailer that you can verify is near you, that's helpful too. And also at the same time, if you want to, you know, get it today and pick it up from the store, knowing that it's nearby is going to be super helpful as well. Yeah. The whole buy local phenomenon is really spread across the world really. But I mean, we see it a lot here in Toronto locally. We also see it uh, North America wise that people are supporting the buy local. So, you know, a little off topic, Matt, what else do you think besides the local SEO is, is even more important now to businesses during COVID, digitally speaking. I think we actually touched on this in a previous episode, but I think one of the most important things now is being able to provide your services digitally. So online sales, being having e-commerce, you know, obviously some industries are impacted by this. You know, a massage therapist is not going to be able to sell their services online. But if you're a retailer that sells glasses or clothing or, you know, prepackaged goods, being able to facilitate a website that has 
purchasing capabilities within it. So someone can either come to your door and pick it up. They can browse the options that you have in the store, or you can have it sent to you directly if you're not within walking distance. Definitely allows for more purchasing capabilities through your offerings. Yeah. And and again, you know, it also brings back to our point of today, local SEO and SEO in general, how important it is for an overall campaign to make sure that you can be found, you know, local SEO on the map part, regular SEO for organic searching, and then the other part of our business, which is, you know, PPC and paid media for those Google ads. So it all comes together in a great big package to help everybody, especially now with their digital presence. Just to move on a little bit here, Matt, give us briefly, you know, we've touched on a couple of these already, but how do you optimize a website for local SEO? So optimizing a website and optimizing your Google my business listing is going to happen in two different ways. So your website itself needs to have your information, your address, your location. You can even get widgets that allow you to pull in Google Maps onto your page and even connect that to your Google My Business listing. Sometimes there is um, a fee that is required or a certain verification that is required to for certain apps on different platforms, but it's still very useful to have an interactive map on your website that allows people to see that map location. And then there's also the Google My Business listing itself. So within the Google search result page and the ways to optimize that are going to be very different from how to do it on your website. So having it for your maps listing is uh, making sure that your name, address and phone number or what we call in the industry, your nap, making sure that that is consistent for any referencing citations that exist around the web. So if you have, you know, two phone numbers or an international number, uh, like a 1-800 number or something along those lines and the local number, you almost have to choose which one you want to focus on to have living living around the web. So having your name consistent with all the other citations, having your address consistent, and some cases it is, you know, very particular as to writing out street or just having the short form abbreviation of ST. Um, I think they've focused a little less on that now, but I know that used to be uh, something that people were very particular about. Having additional maps locations around the webs, making sure that on the Google listing itself, you have appropriate citations, testimonials, and reviews that allow for client to see that these exist and can verify, you know, that uh, other people have used this service and sort of get their information, making sure that you can get the citation links from other locations around the web, uh, optimizing it and linking it to your social platforms and making sure that you also add local content to your website. So you're talking about Toronto. And again, that sort of widget that allows you to put your maps location onto your web page. It seems like a, a lot of little pieces and hence, you know, your reference to a lot of legwork at the beginning of this. Uh, it, it totally makes sense. And, you know, thank you for telling me what nap was. I thought maybe there was a, a typo and it was supposed to say map or maybe it really was a nap. And because of all the legwork, the first thing you should do when you optimize a website is take a nap. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Dad joke of the day. Um, Moving on, what are the tasks you should start with right away and what can wait for later if people need to prioritize because of time, et cetera? So I think the biggest priority is making sure that your nap is consistent with what exists currently. Um, so making sure that, you know, if you search your business on different platforms and you search, you know, 
um, for us if we were to search get on board Toronto address. We would see what comes up in the organic results because a lot of those map direct directory pages are going to populate first through the organic listings. So just clicking on those within the first page and making sure that your name, address, phone number consistent with all of them. A lot of them you can sign up for an account and make the changes yourself or claim the business. In some instance, instances, some of them are controlled by moderators. You actually have to submit a request to get any information changed. Uh, and that's what, again, takes the legwork, but it's an easy way to just sort of do a high level review and a high level fix of what exists already. So making sure that your profile and your information is accurate where it currently is, is probably the biggest first step you can take. Now, it can also become overwhelming and that's when you can you know, seek services to do this in different ways. There are tools that can be used to scan these things automatically and then, you know, go and do the legwork yourself. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways you can find out these inconsistencies, but making sure that they are updated and accurate is sort of the biggest uh, first step that you can take. Now, if you're a brand new business and they don't exist, creating these locations is going to be important to ensure that, that uh, those citations exist a lot of work from from the sounds of it so you know if somebody is a little bit savvy themselves they they could attempt to to start off and see how it goes and, and you know i'm not just saying this because we offer this service obviously we want to help people if they can't do it themselves but it really sounds like having a professional even if it's somebody that's just going to guide you if you think you can do it on your own or do it all for you so you can focus on your business yourself probably is a, a good idea yeah it takes time and that's the biggest thing so it's just making sure that you know you're checking on the first instance you're reviewing everything and then you have to check in again and again and you know some of these websites they might update it within a week some of these websites might update it within two weeks so the process of just following up on everything it just encompasses more of your time having service having someone do this for you is going to save you time um, but at the same time it also just makes sure that it is done consistently and probably a little bit more in depth um, we know where we are looking for these kinds of things when the general public might just search Google and see what exists in the first few pages. There are some citations uh, or some directories that exist that, you know, we haven't heard of, you haven't heard of. I, you know, know because I do this, but it's one of those things that these locations or citations exist that aren't well known or aren't regularly accessed, but still have a lot of value when it comes to that local citation. Right. Which is, again, another good reason to go to a professional, whether it's on board, hopefully it is, or somebody else. Thank you, Matt. This is really important information that not all business owners know enough about. I know me personally, I've learned a lot about SEO over the past few years from you guys and realized the importance of it. And, and you know, we, we do uh, preach. I, I use the word preach because we do preach the importance of it to our clients because we feel there's a lot of value to spending the money now to get your local SEO and your SEO set up because it's going to affect your business in the future going forward. Uh, we hope we've helped our listeners understand the basics of local SEO and SEO is something we do a lot at on board and have plenty of experience with. So you can likely expect more episodes on various SEO topics in the future. So now before we say goodbye, let's take a walk down digital memory lane. Remember the early days of dating apps. Actually, before everyone had smartphones, there were no apps. It was dating websites. Did you use those websites back in the day? Guys, I'm going to start you off on this one with myself and my experience, and it is an absolute zero. <laughs> I had no experience with it, nor have I had to. I understand what it means to swipe right only because, you know, trying to keep up with the pop culture. But 
Uh, I was married before this really became a thing. Before the internet uh, was there a were thing? dating service. Yeah, before the internet <laughs> was a thing, there were dating services, man. You know, <laughs> you could call the matchmaker, and you know, your mom would help you. Uh, you know, put a, put a package together. But no, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer this to you guys because it is completely irrelevant to me. Um, so who wants to fun fact me? fun fact bumble yeah. went public today oh, no so kidding. they uh, had their initial ipo today i just learned that this morning but just funny that we're on topic today uh-huh. when it was probably the first dating app uh, at least for an app a phone-based app to go public one of you like you guys one of the things you have to remember uh is to remove all your profiles once you have a girlfriend <laughs> i imagine that's kind of important. definitely uh okay so uh, matt since you've been doing all the talking let's start with you what's your your experience with this uh, crazy world of dating websites and apps yeah i definitely have in the past it's one of those things where it became sort of the default way to meet people and you know those apps were convenient more than anything you know you can sit at home watching tv in your underwear while swiping through you know dating profiles and seeing if you match with anybody the convenience of it is so obvious but at the same time it's also a big struggle i remember being super annoyed by those things i ended up quitting them essentially getting off of them because i found no success that's not how i like to meet people that wasn't my thing so yes i tried them but it wasn't something that i sustained for a very long time nor had much success with so yeah it's uh it is what it is daphna what about you did you play that game yeah i definitely did i just want to ask matt before um so before apps you know there used to be the the websites like dating white websites where before that. So were you also using those before apps became available? No, I I never used a dating service until the apps were around. And I was, I would say, a a late joiner of those things. I didn't really get on them at first. I was kind of against them. And even when I was on them, I just kind of used them to meet people. I wasn't necessarily looking to date all the time. I'm a super social individual. I love going out and meeting people. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'd match and it would be more about like, all right, let's just go grab coffee and see what's up. And some people, you know, obviously were more more like friends, but uh, at the same time, it was super beneficial because there's ways that you can connect with people and meet people that you would have never had the opportunity to before trying those apps. You know, some people that live in a different part of town that you never visit are into different things than you're into. You know, you would have never crossed paths at all, but through this app, you were able to connect. Yeah, I, th- I think like most of my partnered friends have met their spouses <laughs> on dating apps or websites. I know, I think I was an early adopter like of those dating websites back in the day because I remember using them as early, I guess, is 2004 or something like that. Yeah, and um, I was like really excited about it. I thought it was a really cool way to meet people. I remember telling like, all my friends um, who were looking for partners, like you should get on those like dating websites. So I helped them set up their profiles and gave them tips. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like for me growing up, I'm being a gay dude in Toronto. It, it, it was easy to meet people, but there was a certain time where I wasn't, I guess, out. So using those apps or sorry, the, the those websites were kind of a, a way of meeting people similar to myself. When I used those dating websites, there was a bit of a stigma to them because people were like, oh, you met your partner or your significant other or it's the person you're dating through the internet. So like, it's just so funny how things have changed from that to the normalcy of uh, a dating app like Tinder or Bumble or whatever you use. For sure. There's an app or website for everybody. You know, it goes back to Ashley Madison and really what that one was all about. And I, I have a great story about Ashley Madison and I don't, I don't know if I should tell 
call it, but <laughs> it's probably it, means it, you shouldn't. It, it, yeah, it probably means I should. We'll just do it anonymously. But you know, somebody I know is was using it, and this all came out after the fact. But I had no idea that it was really being used for extramarital affairs or setting up things that were maybe not the typical dating uh, scene. But this guy used it for extramarital affairs. Ended up getting caught. You know, destroyed his whole marriage, and thankfully for his ex now she's better off without him because you know he probably would have kept on doing it but it's i can only imagine how many stories there are out there like that and obviously there's some more details that i will share with you guys offline but it's freaky and and there was uh i you know daphna you said you help people set up their profiles we had a friend single woman and she's like oh can you guys take pictures of me i want to put it up on a website oh sure you know we she came over and sat on the swing set my kids swing set and we took pictures and i don't know if it worked for her probably not because she's a very difficult person to match with but uh, uh, they say there is somebody out there for everybody and I think this just makes it that much more accessible for those people to find each other I mean it's insane how it, it's grown and Bumble I imagine they're going to have a pretty good run out there on the uh, stock market yeah probably and I just want to go back to what Jensen said about uh, the stigma that it used to be about using dating apps or a website I always felt for me it was like very strange that there would be a, a stigma like even just starting out when all those things started because it's just another way to meet people. It doesn't say anything about you. I mean, I I guess it was strange for people. The concept was weird, but I never understood why there should be any stigma. I think today we see it's just a legit way to meet people, even not for dating. I mean, there are apps today. So on Bumble, you can actually meet friends, not dates. There is a section on Bumble called Bumble BFF, and you can just try to match up with people, you know, with the same likes, hobbies, um, stuff. A, so, a platonic yeah. version. Yeah. yeah, basically. I could see that being super useful as, you know, an individual traveling or moving to a new city or going to a place that they've never been before and just trying to, um, you know, integrate with like-minded individuals. It sounds like a, a super great tool for that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I can imagine that would be super intimidating and being able to at least find someone who has some commonality that maybe if you guys do become friends, you meet their friends and right there, it's a group of people that you can now associate with. That's really cool. I didn't know about that. Daphne, I think to your point about the stigma, it's more about it because it was so new that people were just quick to judge as people are with anything new. And over time, the stigma has definitely been removed from it and it's become the norm. I mean, one night, not that long ago, just for fun, Olivia pulled up, I guess it was Tinder or maybe it was Bumble, I don't know. And she just started going through and you can sit there for hours and just, you know, left, 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 left. Ooh, right. Right, left, left, left. Ooh, right. Oh, look, we match. And you get sucked in. And then my wife took the phone and started doing it for her. And I'm like, it's scary how deep you can fall into that Tinder or Bumble rabbit hole and just keep going and see what happens. <laughs> There's an Apple TV app that you can actually like do it on your TV. And I guess you can sit around with friends and just kind of swipe with Yeah, I remember with you, your you friends. used to do that when you just like screen share onto the, uh, to the Apple TV from your phone. And not like parties, people would just sit around and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It got oh, pretty I know ruthless. Her. But, oh, I dated him. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, the entertainment of it. <laughs> you think it about it, you're, you're putting pictures of and profiles of strangers up in front of all. It's just, uh, to me, it's bizarre, but I get it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Cool. Well, I feel like we could talk about this a lot more, (laughs) but I think uh, it's time for us to say goodbye. So thank you for listening to this episode of Please See Attached. If you have any questions or comments on local SEO and local SEO for your business, you can email us at psa at getonboard.ca. You can also follow us on social to get an update on when our next episode airs. Our Facebook is Please See Attached and our Instagram is at please.c.attached. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you like the episode, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. See you on the next episode of Please See Attached. Bye-bye.